for entering in. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. And uh, thank you for pressing in and entering in with us. And uh, the best days are ahead, amen? You might not agree, but I do. If you spend a lot of time watching um, Fox News or CNN, you probably don't agree. But uh, I think the best days are ahead. Praise God. i got to find my announcements. Man, I wrote a ton of stuff today. I mean, I feel like the Holy Spirit was just exploding in my heart today. But, um, man, connect cards. So we want to connect with you, and you can use begins. That's what today's message is called. And we are going to start a journey um, that is going to continue for, I don't exactly know how long, um, the rest of our lives, actually. And so, but the sermon series, I don't know exactly how long that will be. But today, you got a starter packet. And in your starter packet is a little booklet called what is the gospel? Or this is the gospel. Um, this booklet, I want to encourage you this week to read through that. Uh, familiarize yourself with it. It's going to be a foundation for other things that we talk about as we move through. And then um, in that packet also is a letter that explains this journey that we're about to be on. Um, here's the thing. We cannot stay where we are. And I am not talking about this building. I'm not talking about a physical location. I believe we are in this building for this season. Uh, I don't know how long this season will be, and I don't care. Um, God can do whatever he needs to do in this building. Um, I believe we're in the downtown area for this season, and I believe everything that's happening right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. Um, and I don't know what is going to come next, but I know there's a God that's going to journey with us. Some days, I wish there was a cloud and a pillar of fire to follow. Um, thanks, Dan. But uh, there's not always, but there is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit if we just learn how to hear His voice and follow Him. So over the next two months, everyone in your family who is 12 years old or more will get four different booklets. The first one is in that packet today. Um, if you don't have one or you're missing one or you got too many, you can put too many back on the table. If you don't want any, please don't just take it home and throw it away. These cost a lot and I'd like to keep them. So just put them back on the table. You won't offend me. If you don't want any more, you can send a text. The letter explains all of this, by the way, so you don't have to try to remember it. Um, I'm just recapping it for you. Uh, you can just text the church mobile number, say, no booklets, I'll get the hint, and we will not send any to you uh, as we go through this series. Uh, and I just say that because they're an expense, and I just want to make sure you utilize them. Books two and three, um, so next week when you come, you're going to get book two. It's called The Relationship. The Relationship. This is meant to be a devotional book. So every day for seven days, there's going to be a short devotion that you can do to dig into the Word a little bit, to study a little bit, because here's the thing, we can't stay where we are. Our interaction with Scripture has to change. It has to grow. This booklet is not the answer to all that ails us. It's a start. And there's a reason I want you to go through that booklet, and I'll explain it in just a minute. On March the 12th, you're going to get another booklet called The Journey, or The Pursuit. I should look at the titles. The Pursuit. So when you come on March the 12th, there'll be a packet with these books for your family. This is a four-week devotion book. So every day for four weeks, you're going to take a different topic. You're going to study it in the Scripture. I'm guessing five to ten minutes max. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, if you can't spend five to ten minutes a day in this book and in the Word, your pace of life has to change. 
I get it. You want to do your own devotion. I get that too. Um, these booklets are not just random booklets. Um, they're going to correspond to our Sunday sermon. The last one you're going to get on April 9th, which is Resurrection Sunday. This is 14 parts. It's not a devotion book, but there are 14 different topics that we're going to cover, and I have no idea how long we're going to take on each topic. That's why I don't exactly know when the series is going to end. Uh, but that book is called The Journey, and we're going to walk through it, and we're going to talk about them. And in the letter, I even explained that there may be Sundays where I ask you to talk to other people in the room. I know. I, and for some of you, you're already like, I'm out of here. Um, breathe, breathe slow. Even in the letter, I say, we're going to take baby steps, okay? It is not my desire to make anyone extremely uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable, yes. Extremely uncomfortable, no. So we're going to take baby steps. And at the beginning, maybe you'll just talk to the person beside you who will probably either be your spouse or a friend someone that you, like, want to talk to. So, but other times, we may branch out. Last week, you responded so well to my text message to come center, front. Could we do that every week, center, front? Like, there's just, I promise you, there's something about coming together that just makes a difference. It makes a difference, one, to the people up here. It encourages us to see people, not just blue chairs. Um, but it also helps you to feel connected to people around you. And you're going to need to do it as we go forward. So just a request doesn't have to happen that way. Um, the books are designed, these are put out actually, I believe, by the Southern Baptist Church. Um, I don't know who puts them out, but I love them. I came across them about a year or two ago, and uh, I knew I wanted to use them. They're actually designed for new believers. They're designed to be something that we use to take someone who accepts Christ, and just kind of builds a foundation for their life in Christ. I want you to be familiar with these books so that when you disciple someone, you can use them. Let me say that again. I want you to be familiar with them so that when you disciple someone, you're familiar with them. And we will keep extra copies on hand so that when I get a phone call or a text that says, Pastor Tom, I need a set of books, I will be there for you. And I will get you a set of books so that you can disciple who your coworker, your friend. And here's the thing. They don't even have to be committed to Jesus to start the books with you. I know. I mean, maybe. In fact, some of us, as we go through the books, might realize, I don't know if I'm committed to Jesus. And you may re-repent. And you may say a sinner's prayer. Or you may do something to say, man, I don't know if I've ever done this. And so, I want to encourage you, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to keep some on hand. So if you call me and say, Pastor Tom, 3,000 people got saved at work today. It may take me a while. Okay, so you might just have to use the PDF version, which I have. If you want the PDF copy emailed to you, if you'd rather use it on your screen, you want to take it on your phone anywhere you go, I can email you the PDF copy and it's way cheaper. It's free um, rather than printing them. So that's the thing, because the goal of this year, if you remember, when we did the How Not to Read the Bible series and we brought in Lynn and Holly Lapka, we want to be better students of the Word. We want to start applying the Word. Most of us, are educated far beyond our level of obedience. 
most of us are educated far beyond our level of obedience. And you say, well, then why are you giving us books? Ah, because we're going to discuss them and we're going to put them into practice. In fact, on Monday nights, um, starting on March the 6th, this will be in the letter too for you, we are, I'm going to be downtown on Monday night, 7.30 to 8.30. You can either come in person or you can Zoom in. If you can't be there, but you can Zoom in, uh, that'll work too. And we're just going to discuss that week's book. What'd you learn? What do you agree with? What do you not agree with? What are you struggling to apply? Where are you? Because here's the thing. We need to stop saying we want God to do something in our community and start picking up our mat and walking. This church is not going to be connected because we hold potlucks or because we all come here on Sunday morning. we got to start picking up our mat and walking. Like, connecting with the body is an individual commitment that every one of us has to make. So, I'm going on a journey, and I want you to come with me. Whether or not you come is going to be up to you. Um, I'm not going to treat you any different if you don't come. I'm just going to keep walking, and I'll keep inviting you to come. Starting in March, or in April, on April the 16th, I'm actually going to lead a discussion group on Sunday nights over the Bema Discipleship Podcast. I've talked about it over the years. Um, I would like us to take a church trip to Israel in 2024. Um, but when I went in is to Israel in 2012, I was fully unprepared for that trip. I don't want anyone that goes on this trip to be unprepared. There has been nothing in the years since 2012 that has helped me understand the Scripture better than the Bema podcast. I'm not saying it's the best thing out there. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing out there. I don't even agree with everything he says. Um, but there's nothing that's helped me understand Scripture better and apply it to my life better. To challenge me to love people, to challenge me to change my lifestyle, the pace of my life, all of it came from that teaching. And so, again, if you can't be in person, I'll make a, a Zoom available as well. That's all in the letter. If you don't have internet at home, and you're like, I can't listen to a podcast at home. I don't have internet. I will put it on CD and I will print the copies for you. So there'll be a sign up in March. It'll appear on Planning Center and you can sign up and uh, you can take that journey with me as well. And so we're not really beginning a journey. I know I called this today, The Journey Begins. Um, but maybe today this is just clarifying the journey that we're on as a church a little bit. And so thank you to those of you who responded to my request for some vacation pictures because I wanted to look at your journeys a little bit as we start talking about our journey as a church. And so we're going to play a quick game called Where Are They? And so um, first picture, you'll love this family. They are so cute. Look at them. There we are. That was a long time ago. Um, I love those people. Where are we? Come on, take a guess. No. Hey, New York City down here. I wish I had candy to throw at you. Central Park. That's a bridge. Central Park, New York City. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, you can see the building a little bit in the trees. But, yeah, I mean, that could be anywhere. All right. Number two. Here's, here's a picture from our, the one and only Trent. Where is Trent. I don't even know if he's in the picture or if he's in the shadows there. I think he's taking the picture. But uh, if I remember this picture right. Where, where is he? No, he's not in New York City. Trent, where are you? Silver Dollar City. Silver Dollar City. I'm assuming at Christmas time. 
or at least, you know, near there. I mean, if, if that's like July, I'm there, man. Like, that's beautiful. All right, next picture. Here's uh, Jim and Connie Gangwish. We know they're at the beach. Lake Tahoe? I think that's an ocean. <laughs> I could be wrong, but Washington. Where are we? Florida? You're in Florida? It looks kind of cold. All right. It's beautiful. All right, next picture. Travis and Sam, they're in the Amazon. No, no, they're not in the Amazon. I looked at this picture a long time. I have no idea. Do you Anybody? Where are they? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Other people have been there. That's great. Well, it's pretty. I like it. Nice family, too. Aren't they cute? That's pre-Henrietta, right? I mean, she's not like in, a, in the bushes. You didn't put her in the... She's? <laughs> Good one. You're paying attention. All right, next one. Todd and Jody, yeah, where are they? I hear Disney World, I hear Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland, correct? Yep, Disneyland. But it's hard to tell unless you follow them on Facebook and know that they were in California. All right, next picture. Oh, because I didn't get a whole lot of pictures, um, I can force people <laughs> in my family. But <laughs> we're in the van. <laughs> and I think we're in Huron. But do you, know, do you know how many memories come from that van? Yeah. Not all of them good either. <laughs> some good ones, but some bad ones. So, like, it's not always the destination. Sometimes the journey is important too. All right, so next trip. Oh, the, it's, yeah, it's kind of washed out a little bit, but you can see it over Stan's shoulder. Niagara Falls. I really like the pink one. Ask Stan to show you the pink one. It's better. <laughs> All right, next picture. Christina and Grandma Terry, look at them. I mean, where are they? St. Martin. <laughs> where is St. Martin? It's in the Caribbean island, yeah. It's in the Caribbean, so. Yeah, don't you wish you were there today? Oh, yeah. Okay, next picture. Here is the Stewarts. Yes, look at them. A beautiful picture. Are you in the United States in this picture? Okay, no. So it's not the United States. Uh, is it in Canada? It's in Canada? Oh, man, I was just going to say, I don't think Canada is that beautiful. But <laughs> I apologize to all our Canadian friends. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? But where are we at? Canada. It all looks like that. Hey, go visit. <laughs> all right, next picture. The Holmquist family. Bum, bum, bum. Ooh. Oh, that's a good guess. Are you in Montana? Yeah, you're in Montana. What city? Like, where do they live? I can't remember where they live. But, yeah, I know. I, I put them on the spot. He'll be sure to remember. Glendive. Glendive, Montana. It's not all beautiful. Just so you know. I mean, some people might like that, but. <laughs> all right, next picture. Oh, this is where heaven and earth come together right here. Anybody know where we are in that picture? Actually, we're in Sioux Falls. But what building are we in? Oh, yeah, Starbucks. Heaven and earth. 
colliding. But our family expanded, and so we didn't have any vacation pictures other than a trip to Sioux Falls with everybody, so I threw that one in there too. So the journey begins, and you know, when you think of your vacations or you think of trips, like I said, there are lots of memories. There's good ones, there's bad ones, but here's the thing. When we take family trips, we know the people we're traveling with, don't we? Sometimes we learn them better as we travel with them. Um, the journey that we're on is Restoration Church. Did you know that the Bible calls us a family? Brothers and sisters, we ought to know the people we're on the journey with. And it's not up to other people to know us. It's up to us to engage with other people. Every single one of us has to, to take ownership, responsibility, and say, I want to know these people I'm traveling with. I want to I go to lunch with them. I want to go to coffee with them. I want to, hey, let's go out today after church. Let's have lunch together. Let's get to know these people we're on the journey with. Usually, when we leave on a trip, we have a destination in mind. Maybe you're one of those really cool people that just go on a trip and you're like, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just going to go wherever the Lord leads me. Um, that doesn't even sound like fun. Um, you may not know which route you're going to take. My dad was infamous for this growing up. Like, he would get in the car and just decide at the net, like, we would change routes like 15 times. Like, I think I'm going to go this way this time. I think I'm going to go this way this time. I think I'm going to go. Um, but we've always had a destination in mind. And so whether or not you've got a destination or you know exactly where you're going, there are memories that are made on the journey. I don't know if you're one of those people that see the journey as part of the trip or if you're more like me, where you see the journey as like the nuisance on the way to the trip. Um, because it's like, let's just get there. Let's get in the car. Let's see how far we can go before anyone has to go to the bathroom. Let's not look out the window. Let's not stop at Dollar General. Let's not go anywhere. Let's just keep going. Thank God Huron has a Dollar General. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. So that every city we drive through, we don't have to stop at a Dollar General. Because, you know, but... Like, look at that waterfall. Let's stop and take pictures. No, there's a schedule to keep. We've got to get to our destination. Um, but that's not the way our journey with the Lord or with each other should be. The journey is just as important, maybe even more important, than the destination. And so as we talk about, like, the journey, I want you to maybe tie it into your own trips, your own journeys. But, in fact, if you want to, get a, uh, if you want to hear a cool story, just ask my family what get the scissors mean. Get the scissors. Get the scissors. Like there are times in our family we will just shout, get the scissors, and then we'll all laugh. Because we were all on that dark highway in Colorado when my, when, when my wife, God love her, yelled, get the scissors, to decide whether or not to cut the seatbelt to free our child that had been wrapped up in that locked seatbelt, or whether cooler heads would prevail and we would find a way to get her out of there um, by pulling her out of her pants and putting her on the highway in Colorado. So there's a great story behind that, and you have stories just like that with your families. How many of us have those stories to talk about with our church folk? Hey, remember that time we, remember that time we prayed for someone at Walmart and God just showed up? Remember that time we were meeting for coffee and there was a guy that came up to our table and said, hey, I overheard your conversation. Tell me more. Yeah, we need to have those memories. One of my favorite times, my most memorable encounters with the Lord, I have a handful of them. I just remember it. It was just amazing. One of the best ones, I was a teenager. 
we were on a, a, a youth trip to Cedar Point, Ohio. The bus broke down on our way back. We camped, actually, by the way, in tents. And it rained, and we had to sleep on the bus because all the tents leaked. If you wonder why I hate camping, it's been ingrained in me since a young childhood. Okay? So we're on our way home. The brakes go out on the bus. Thankfully, we don't die. We're all like, hey, Pastor Sean, slow down. Uh, little did we know that he couldn't slow down uh, as we went around that turn. But we were safe, and so we, we spent the night in a church. And I don't know who did it first. I don't, to this day, know who the first one was, but somebody went from where we were sleeping in the basement up to the, the sanctuary, and they just started to worship and pray. Almost all of us were in there at some point. I mean, people weeping, no instruments, no playing, nothing. Just a bunch of teenagers encountering God in a church building in Ohio on their way home from a trip. I remember some of those people. I remember them, I remember their, them crying. I remember the, God using that moment to change their lives. It was another step in my journey. But those impromptu moments with the body of Christ can happen in our lives. We never know when we wake up in the morning what God could do. And sometimes it's because the bus breaks down. See, for some of us, we're just waiting. Oh, we're waiting for revival to come. We're waiting for, you know, me to get over this moment in my life. And God is waiting for you just to pick up your mat and start walking. Like, you may not be able to take 25 steps today, but you can take one. And when you take one, God just meets us in that one. And sometimes he just takes us a giant leap forward. Just be obedient to the step. Okay. As we journey with the Lord, here's what I want us to think about. What's our journey and what's our destination? I don't believe, please don't call me a heretic, but listen all the way through. I don't believe our, I don't believe our destination is God. I think our journey is God. He's our journey. He's our partner on the way. I don't know how you want to, I, I think he is the way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to show us the way. And I know you're like, well, but look, way to the Father, that's it. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Knowing God is eternal life. I don't know that that's the destination. Eternal life is not the destination. I still believe it's the journey. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, and I have come that they might have life and have life to the full. Life to the full is maybe the destination, but Jesus says, I've come to give you this life and to walk with you in it. He invites us. We've talked over the last couple of weeks from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus saying, come to me. If you're weary and you're burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest. Maybe not the rest you're looking for on day one. Maybe not everything you think you need on day one. But if you come, if you take my yoke on you, if you learn from me, if you come and you find and you follow after me, I will give you rest. I will. But we have to take his yoke on us. We cannot just follow him, adding him to our life. Hey, Jesus, just get in the car and come along on this journey that I'm on and decide to live at whatever pace we want, decide to live in whatever manner we want. We have to learn to take on his yoke. 
The reason he's the journey is because he's going to show us how to live in that moment. He's going to show us how to respond in that situation. And it's all about walking with him. It's about coming to him. I don't want us to think about getting closer to God as proximity. Like as if God's over there and I need to walk closer to God. God is in us. If you've put faith in Jesus Christ, he's in you. You don't get much closer than that. But we can get more intimate with him. He shares his secrets, the scripture says, with those who fear him. Those who walk in his ways. If if you want to walk in your ways, you're not going to know his secrets. Oh, Pastor Tom, I I obey the Lord. I mean the good ones, like loving your enemies, doing good to those who hate you, honoring those that are in authority over you. Rather than bad-mouthing your boss, you just shut your mouth and actually do what you're told because it's not against Scripture. You're just going to do it. Because you're going to follow after him. You're going to take his yoke upon you. I wonder, there's so many Christians, they're following God, they're grumpy. The the best days are behind us. The kingdom is here. This is what Jesus taught us. When I came here as a youth pastor, the key verse of our youth ministry was Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ. As I was getting ready for the journey and like all that I wanted to share, all the things that the Lord has put on my heart, that verse has just resonated in my heart from the day I stepped into Huron. I want to know Him. You say, well, Pastor Tom, then isn't He the destination? I don't think He is. I think He's the journey. Abraham was called by God to go to a land that He was going to show Him. There was a destination. Abraham walked with God all his life. He never got to the destination. But the promised land was there. The Bible tells us Abraham kept looking for it. He kept looking and longing for that land. There was a destination, and yet he walked with God intimately all of his life, never getting to the destination. Okay? Israel, God brings them out. He brings them to to Mount Sinai. I brought you to myself. I looked at that verse all my life and I'm like, oh, God brought them to himself. God is the destination. It's not the promised land. False. He brought them out of Egypt to take them to the promised land, but they, he knew they needed him as the journey before they got to the promised land. Because if you get to the destination without the, the journey, without the God of the journey, the promised land won't be what you wanted it to be. In fact, the promised land won't be the promised land if he isn't with us. Moses understood that because God says, I'll send an angel, go to the promised land. He's like, if you do not go with us, how will people know who we are? What will set us apart except that you are with us? So what's, what do I think is the destination? I think the destination is restoration. I think the destination is fullness. It's wholeness. It's maturity. It's completeness. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, James says this, Consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's the destination. That place of maturity. That place of completeness. And here's the thing. We may die on the way to that destination but we ought to keep moving towards the destination with Him. That's His desire for us. 
Because he knows as we continue to journey with him toward that place, other people are going to join us on the journey. This is not about me and Jesus. This is not about my family and Jesus. We have bought into this westernized gospel where we've taken a book that was meant to be a community book and we have made it all about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I am grateful that Jesus knows my name, but he knows my name and he brought me into his family because he wants me to journey with them to a destination. And this idea that I just, you know, I, I go to church, I, I do my own thing, I, do, I just want me and Jesus is foreign to the Scripture. That's not the message God came to, to, to deliver to us. Jesus came to show us the way to us, the way to the Father. I wish someone would translate a Bible. Someday I will. With all of the yous that are plural in green. Why green? Well, of course, because then it's a red and green edition. <laughs> so, I know, it's great, but that's, that's how my brain works. Because I, I, I don't think we understand how communal this book is. Am I saying that you can't serve, you can serve Jesus alone. You can. You won't find fullness alone. You won't. You will not find maturity, completeness, and wholeness alone. Because he did not design it that way. The only way it's found is in community. In Ephesians chapter 4, Christ himself gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Each of us individually, of course. All of those words are plural. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body, not one part, body, of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The body of Christ. If, if Restoration Church isn't a place where you can connect with the body, by all means, find a church where you can. There's so many good ones in this community, but find one. Find one to connect with and grow with and be on a destination with. I believe at Restoration Church, we're on a journey. And if I had to describe today what journey we're on, I would say this. We're pursuing the purple. I thought you'd look at me that way. We're pursuing the purple. What am I talking about? Could you throw up the one picture, the first picture? We've watched this video before. It's the story of the Bible taught by the Bible Project. Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. The entire story of the Bible, at one point, they overlapped. Next picture. In Eden, they overlapped totally. In places like the tabernacle, they overlapped. See, they're purple. That's where God and man came to. That's where heaven and earth came together, right there, in the purple. The temple. Jesus. When John, or John chapter 1 says Jesus made his dwelling among us, that's a poor translation. That literally means Jesus tabernacled among us. He became the place where God dwelt on earth. He became the purple. But he didn't just come to be the purple. Next picture. By the cross, he made the purple available for you and I. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I don't care if you're Pentecostal or Baptist. That ought to do something for you. 
I mean, if we can sit here and be like, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, praise the Lord. Man, there are people in the world that are better Christians than people that have the Spirit. It's just the reality. I mean, it's like we've become numb to the fact that the purple was never meant to stay there. Next slide. The purple is everywhere. Everywhere we go, we are the kingdom. And don't you dare let a bad day at work stop you from being the kingdom. Don't you dare let the employees that are just lazy and not doing what you've asked them to do keep you from being the purple. Don't let your grumpy spouse keep you from being the purple. Understand this, one day you're the grumpy one. The next day, you're not, hopefully. We've got to be the purple. From Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Pretend like that's the first time you've heard that. Heaven has come near. It's where you are. I know, I know. It doesn't feel like it every day. There are days I just want to hit my head into a wall. Mm, mm, mm. I do. I just, I'm frustrated with myself, with other people, with the world. I'm just, ah. but man, we've got to come back to the purple. It's all about the purple. I, I joked with someone today that knew about the purple. <laughs> And I told them, what if we started seeing purple people? I'm not kidding. What if one day you walked into Walmart and the Holy Spirit put a purple shade on somebody? I think that's a sign you should go talk to them. Oh, dear God, let us see purple people. <laughs> I don't know if that's biblical, but yeah, it, it sounds good. Matthew chapter 6, 9 and 10. This is how you should pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I tell you, we don't need a new president for heaven to come to the United States. You don't need a new boss. You don't need a new spouse. You don't need anything different than today for heaven to show up where you are. Actually, you do need something different, a new mindset. You have to have your mind renewed, every single one of us. We have to believe heaven can invade earth today where I am. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus' words, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Proclaim that message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Notice the key words there. As you go. You walk into work tomorrow, kingdom's near. Oh, that's pretty bold. You're right. The kingdom isn't here because I'm here. The kingdom's here because it's in me, and here I am. Kingdom's here. If you have to actually say it out loud to yourself to remember, do it. When you get in the car, kingdom's here. Oh, please do it in the car so you don't beep at people that are driving like crazies. Especially with all the snow. Man, kingdom's here. Go to work, kingdom's here. For goodness sake, we ought to walk in these doors and be like, kingdom's here! Dan shouldn't have to be up here like, come on people, let's worship. Come on people, let's get it. Come on people! Kingdom's here. You know why Stan has to do that? Because we don't live out there like kingdom's here so we don't bring kingdom here. Keep moving. Matthew 16, 19. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. 
Most of us are more excited when dad gives us the keys to the car than the fact that Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom. Oh, you just got to figure out how to use them. I I don't have the keys to the kingdom. I've tried Jesus. I've tried that. You just didn't learn how to use the keys. You don't just try once. They're the keys of the kingdom. Don't take my word for it. He gave them to you. Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you. What's the destination in that verse? Disciples. Make disciples. Well, Pastor Tom, I'm an introvert. Then make introverted disciples. You don't have to stand up and preach on a street corner. But you need to have a conversation with someone and just feel it out. Maybe they're not open to the gospel. Then move on. But they might just be hungry. Tell me more. Hey, would you be willing to meet once a week with me for the next four weeks? Yeah, sure. Let's try it. Ugh, the potential, the possibilities are endless. Acts chapter 10, Peter preaching to the Gentiles. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news, the gospel, by the way, of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know that what happened in the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. That wasn't for Jesus alone. He came to make us purple. He's anointed you with the Holy Spirit and power so you can go around Huron tomorrow and then Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday doing good, healing those that are under the power of the devil because God is with you. It's purple. It's purple. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Can I tell you? It's good news. It's good news. I mean, if you you walk around every day like this, it doesn't seem much like good news. I'm not saying put on a plastic smile, pretend everything's great, but it ought to do, I mean, there just ought to be something. I'm tired of being grumpy. I know that I've been joking with some friends about the power of positive thinking. Oh, my goodness. But come on, people. If the world understands that better things could happen if you just had a positive attitude, rejoice. It's not some self-help, new age stuff. It's the Spirit of God lives inside of me, and I'm purple. Ah, I can rejoice. Oh, yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Jesus is good. I have a lot more to cover, but not a lot of time. That's where we're going. We'll finish this next week. See, it's a journey. (laughs) We don't have to get there today. Because here's the thing. I, I want you to be a part of the journey with us. At Restoration Church, there's three groups of people. There are attenders. There are people that this is where you come for worship service. You attend here, um, and we want you here. I want you here. 
don't, please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I just feel like I don't want you to be content being an attender. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians, said, thank you for sending a gift. I want you to send a gift. I don't ask it because I need your gift. He said, I'm content whether you send a gift or don't send a gift. I've learned that it's not about you. It's about me and him. And I can be content, but I want the gift to be credited to you. Like that's the dichotomy of being a spiritual leader. Like you want, you, you understand you want people to step out, but the, the motivation could look bad. Okay. I, I can't say that my motivation is absolutely pure, but I don't believe you can get to matureness and completeness and wholeness by being an attender. I just don't. Um, for a season of your life, that may be all you need to be. I get it. And I don't like, like ask you to wear a sticker on the way in, uh, whether you're an attender or you're more. Uh, but I'd love you to be a member. Now, member doesn't mean what it means in lots of other churches. For us, member means this is my church. These are my peeps. Like I, I, this, when people say, hey, where do, you, where do you go to church? You say, Restoration Church. Like, this is, this is home for me. You, you give in an offering, you're, you're here, you come to activities, you serve. Maybe you don't serve every week, but you, you, you're, you're a part of the body of Christ. And we changed our language because I wanted anyone who said, hey, I'm a, I, I, this is my church. I want to call you a member of the body. And you are. And that's how I want to treat you. But I don't want you to be content to be a member. We have a third step that we call partners. Partners make a commitment to say, I'm, I'm not just a part of this body, I'm a part of making this body better. I'm taking ownership, I'm taking responsibility, and I want to see God flourish all of us. And it's a commitment. In fact, we have a covenant that we make you sign because we want you to commit to giving and serving and being a part of the body and, and being connected and Catching the vision and understanding the vision and even being part of explaining the vision. I mean, the Lord's going to give you dreams and visions just like He does me. And together, we're going to hash this out. That's what binding and loosing is all about. And we're going to find out what God's will is for Restoration Church. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a partner together with the other members of this body. And I want to watch that grow. And so on the table in the back, I brought partnership applications today because I want everyone to be a partner. I would love you to be a partner. All you have to do is fill out the form, come to a class, and then be it. Because here's the thing. Some of you are partners, and I didn't encourage you to take one of those partnership applications because here's the thing. Like, it's one thing to sign up and be a partner. We don't police it. I don't try to sit down because, one, it would just be totally counterproductive and against the kingdom, and say, who's, who's living up to their partnership commitment? But here's the thing. If you've committed to be a partner and you're not actually following through on your commitment, you're not going to find flourishing that way. Same thing is true in your marriage. You made vows on your wedding day. Are you keeping them? It's, it's sometimes good to renew your vows with your spouse to remind you you're responsible. Whether or not they do whatever they're supposed to do, you're responsible for you. And so I challenge you today to think about this partnership. And I, here's seven questions I want you to think about this week. Seven questions. As we start talking about the journey over the next couple of weeks, uh, I want us to start thinking about um, the gospel. 
What's it, what's it mean? What's it like? Here's a question to ask. How can I be more intimate with God today? How can I be more intimate with God today? Number two, how can I be more connected to the body today? Now, please do not get me wrong. The kingdom is far bigger than Restoration Church. We're one part of it. I think you need to find a part to to partner with. I do. I believe it's scripture. And I believe you're on a journey. Some of you, that's not the step today. You don't need to become a partner yet. It's not where you are. I get it. That ought to be a destination for you along the way. And I pray that it is. But even still, how can I be connected to the body? How can I be more obedient today? I know a lot of scripture, but am I putting it into practice? Holy Spirit, how can I be more obedient? How can I be more aware of the kingdom today? In the event that God does not answer my prayer and cause us to see purple, how can I just be more aware? What, should, what can I pick up? What should I put down? And how can I better engage with others? Now that others is not the body. That others is out there. We have a table logo because the idea of trying to connect with people is what Jesus did. He sat at a table with them. He valued them. He communicated with them. He listened to them. He met them where they were. They were invited into his circle. Not so that he could be influenced by them, but so that he could influence them. But you can't influence people if they don't feel like you care about them. I mean, you can walk out and hand out tracts on the street and people will get saved, absolutely. But if you invite people to sit at your table or you invite them into your world a little bit, that'll make the difference. Listen for coworkers. Listen for people in your life to share their dreams and then start praying those dreams for them. Man, I, oh man, I love, I love Jimmy John's. Man, my coworker, man, I, I love Jimmy John's. So one day, get a Jimmy John's gift card, put it in an envelope, put it on their desk, their locker, whatever, and just say, God loves you. Boom. Get in their world. I don't know. Dude, there's so many things the Holy Spirit can do to get people at our table. It doesn't all have to be, would you sit down and work through this book with me? I mean, the book is important. The book will come. You got to open the door. And so this week, as I've been preparing and praying, this is what I've been praying for us as a body, that we start seeing purple. And so Holy Spirit, oh, we can't do it in our own strength. We can't. And sometimes, God, I'll be honest, it feels like I take one step forward and two steps back. It feels like I go in circles, like I'm not making progress. But God, I pray today for just a persevering spirit in our hearts. That no matter what happens today, tomorrow, this week, that we do what your word says, we fix our eyes on you. We remember that we're purple. That you live in us. The kingdom is here. That we can handle whatever comes our way. Man, we sang it over and over and over and over today. Christ is our firm foundation. No matter what I face, 
when the storms come. Help us to put down deep roots. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Help us to throw off the stuff that's hindering us. Help us to throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. And give us the perseverance we need to just stay on that journey. Not worried about whether or not we've progressed far enough, not whether or not we've fallen down or got off track. We just keep staying on the journey with you and with the body you've put us in. So Holy Spirit, not just this week, but in the weeks ahead, enlarge our understanding of your kingdom, of your body, of the destination, the journey that you're calling us to. Give us more clarity and give us strength to obey and follow you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. Um, Again, if you haven't picked up your packet on the table in the back, please make sure you grab that before you go. Offering baskets are there. Um, Lots of information on the table. T-shirts if you want to grab them as well. And uh, tonight, 5 o'clock, House of Prayer. See you there. God bless you as you go.